there and welcome to episode one of Facing a Pandemic, The Forgotten Arts with me, Verity Wishart. Now, this is a topic I am naturally passionate about as a performer myself, but I feel like I've wanted to shine a light on this topic for a while now. And with every week that goes by, I feel like it's ever more important that we do so. The pandemic has brought a halt to life as we know it for us all, no matter what our profession may be. And as a nation, we've been thrown some real challenges. But one sector that faces an ongoing struggle is, of course, the arts industry. Now, I wanted to focus on hearing real stories from real people within the arts industry about how they've coped with the pandemic so far, what they may have learnt and how they may be feeling moving forward. And I am honoured to introduce our first guest for episode one, and that is the amazing Adam Philippe. Now, Adam is a wonderful friend of mine. He's already had, at the age of 23, a fantastic career. He has played over 13 roles in Les Mis on the West End, originated the role of Menino in the Brazilian musical Out of Water, and was performing his understudy duties as Moses in the West End production of Prince of Egypt when theatres went dark. So I caught up with Adam and this is what went down. So Adam, let's dive in. Let's take it back to pre-pandemic life, back to February, March time of 2020. What was life looking like for you? Well, we had just opened um, the Prince of Egypt on the West End, uh, original original West End cast and... uh, we just done the cast album and everything. Um, we were about six weeks in, I think. We we're about six weeks into our run, and um, I, uh, more personally, um, I had just been on for my cover because I'm the first cover for Moses for the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, um, and that was a mad one because the week before the West End closed, um, our cast started dropping like flies with what is now presumed to be COVID-19. Um, myself included, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. I um, So I, I was doing my ensemble track and everything was, you know, was all dandy. And then um, like half of our cast go off. I think by the end of that last week, I think there were about six first covers on, none of whom had had any form of rehearsals apart from like on the day being walked through our team really came together um on that myself included they rang me up in the morning being like well it was me and sam the the two first covers for moses and ramesses um yeah both without probably with about 15 minutes worth of rehearsal i know a lot of people find that they're so focused on getting through those cover runs that it's just all a bit of a blur how did you find it yeah i don't really remember that week um I think the only reason I was, and I, I, I thank my swing roots for this. Um, being a swing really kind of taught me to, when you're on stage as one character, to always kind of be conscious of what the others are doing. And I think had I not swung before and kind of have that kind of like mindset turned on, I don't think I'd have a clue what Moses was doing because I'd, I'd had one show watch and we'd worked about 15 minutes into the show, of which he's not in the first like eight. So... It was a, it was an experience. It was, it was one of the best like times I've ever had on the stage. You know, leading a company and yeah, it was amazing. That must have felt just incredible. And for you, obviously, going from such a high, living a dream, to things 
unfortunately all crumbling down quite quickly. So the pandemic hit and as you were saying, lots of your cast members were coming down with symptoms of COVID-19. At the time, were you aware that's what it was? You know, were you aware of what was going on? We were aware that like something was going on. We were aware, obviously, because the world was kind of starting... Broadway had closed, I think, what, two weeks before? So we were a bit like, oh, gosh, how long is it till it's us? Um, But when people started going off, we just assumed they had chest infections or... Because that's what people were saying. They were like, I've got all the symptoms of a chest infection. Um, It was weird to tell. We just took everyone on face value as to what what we... You know what we thought and do you think you were prepared for the severity of the situation you know did you have any idea at the time how long this would all be on hold for yes and no like we knew that summer was going to happen and to be honest it felt like everyone was was falling ill so we thought i think there was an atmosphere that something was going to happen the end of the week previous w- was the one where we had like six different covers on so I think that week was just was mental. So everyone had to push through and just and just get it done. No one was kind of thinking about anything else. I definitely wasn't. But I fell ill on the Saturday for the Saturday matinee. Um, I was starting to be like, right, I can feel my voice going. I can I'm coughing a lot and um, and that started to get worried. And I had a nap in between shows. I had this massive burger to try and give me some energy. I had one bite and was like, can't do that. Fell asleep and had a nap and I woke up at the half and then did the show in the Saturday. I got my second wind for the for the Saturday evening. Sunday was just dead, completely wiped out. Monday as well. And I was like, right, this is really something that I've really got. But they didn't have another cover. Like, I wasn't even supposed to know it yet. So I was like, well, the one below me definitely doesn't know it. So... It, like, I had to be in on the Monday to do the show, even though I had no voice. I was prepared for the funniest show that I was going to ever do, you know, cracking here, there and everywhere. But um, I was ready to do it. Show must go on. I was still ready to do it. And then somewhat to my relief, I'm going to regret saying that, but somewhat to my relief, being about 45 minutes till the show went up and our producer came on stage after our warm up and just said, we're going home. They've just announced that you, it's not been banned, but you shouldn't go to the theatre was the announcement we got. And we were like, great, where does that leave us? I mean, yeah, that must have felt bizarre, you know, mentally and physically preparing yourself to go on for that cover role. I mean, I think that just sums up performers' work ethic as a whole, you know, all these challenges you're facing and yet still the show goes on. But yes, just a lot of emotions for you to probably process at once then. Yeah, it was mad. And I went straight home and and relaxed. And then from then, I think, because I, my mind was just on making sure I didn't screw up the show and constantly be thinking about where I was going, what I was singing and who I was talking to, I feel like my body just pushed me through. But the second that I didn't have a show to do, it, it hit me. And we now know, because I've done antibody tests and stuff, that what I had was COVID-19. And how long did it take you to recover? immediate recovery to from being like at the worst to feeling normal again was about three weeks and but like for even for probably about 
another three or four weeks afterwards, I was trying to do the cardio routine that we did every day before the show, and it's about 45 minutes, and I couldn't get through five minutes of it. I couldn't get through the warm-up. My goodness, quite a long road to recovery then, really. Well, we're glad you're fighting fit now. So lockdown in shoes, what were your first sort of thoughts and feelings? Look, I, I was... Like I said, I was quite relieved at the start and I don't think anyone thought it would go on this long. So at the beginning, I was like, look, we've worked so hard for so long. Yes, I'm gutted that the show is suspended, but I feel like some of us were just like, let's just... If we're being forced to have downtime, we may as well enjoy it. We may as well just chill out a little bit. We never get this opportunity. So um, Yeah, you probably felt like it was perfect timing. Absolutely. I needed that time to just get COVID out of my system. So how did you find lockdown in its entirety then? You know what? There's been ups and downs, as always. Uh, like, same as anyone, really. I mean, the the boredom of just... There's that. I My spirits stayed very high throughout. Even when I had COVID, I was... You know, I never kind of got... Um, like my morale never kind of really hit a rock bottom until probably about the six month mark I think. I feel like there was an initial feeling of almost like excitement in the initial stages of lockdown you know here was this new challenge and we all had to find new ways of entertaining ourselves and people were learning new skills doing yoga and then I guess maybe the novelty wore off a little bit. You run out of skills you realise you're not that talented. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that somehow. Well my partner's been amazing with that throughout the whole thing she's had periods of like learning how to sew like properly and like making really good like dresses and stuff and drawing and like learning the ukulele like she she's done loads and I feel like I've just kind of not (laughs) (laughs) and that's okay too Adam don't be so hard on yourself um so I wanted to ask you you know throughout the whole of lockdown were you communicating with the show were you getting updates or was everyone very much in the dark. I mean, I'm very kind of... We are very fortunate that um, that our producers are the caring kind and I have genuinely been there for us and have always kept us up to date. Um, I've always... Even when there's no news, they've just checked in and just be like, we hope everyone's all right. We're still not... We want you to know we're not hiding anything from you. Um, there was the um, the temptation to forget that at the start when we were kind of negotiating wage and what's going to happen with kind of contingency or and stuff like that there was the the temptation to just be like they're producers they've got all the money i don't know one thing that i maybe i'm a bit naive to think this but i've i've benefited slightly from knowing there's no one sat on top of this making money everyone's in the same boat including the producers so they've they've had no reason to not be completely open with us because we weren't open long enough to to make our money back so they want us on the other side as well exactly and looking at the slightly bigger picture now have you felt supported by the government throughout this process you know is there anything you feel like they could have handled better as a self-employed uh as as a as someone who is self-employed, I would say that they've 
Like I, I have. There have been the grants, and I've, I've taken the grants. But I know a lot of friends, even my partner included, who have fallen through the gaps. Um, and I think there were a lot of gaps to fall through. I was just fortunate that I didn't. But that's down to nothing other than privilege. So, I guess. But I feel the frustration for my friends and and my partner who who did. And there was more that could have been done. I I think. I know they're people at the end of the day, like they're just people, but they're just people that are running a country. So I feel like if anyone's competent enough to figure out um, a scheme where everyone feels kind of safe and accounted for in some way, it should be the people sat at the top. And I I don't feel like that's the case. And I say that as a self-employed member, as a theatre actor, I mean, it's quite evident that it's quite evident where we are in terms of their priorities. But I'm also not one of those people, like, I know we're not saving lives. I know we're, and I had no, I was not one of those people saying, get theatre back when really we should have been like, make sure the NHS are fine first. I think that's very important to remember, actually, as heartbreaking as this truly is, you know, there are lives at risk here. Exactly. Essentially, we're we're paid to be five-year-olds. We're paid to sing and dress up. Like, I know that we're not... That's not saying I don't value... I don't think we are of value, but there are bigger fish to fry at one point. Well, exactly. And I think now it feels more as though, you know, you can sit on a plane for five hours with no social distancing or go to the cinema and it feels as though theatre's definitely been left behind. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I would not like... It's very easy to criticise because um, then there's the whole... Even if you figure out how the audience are going to social distance, how are the actors going to do it? Yeah, I just think it's frustrating that there's no consistency across industries. Um, and I don't think the government realise, you know, the theatre industry can help build the economy again. It does. Well, we make more than the, the sports industry. The theatre industry alone, not just the arts, just theatre, makes more than the entire sports industry. So... It's weird why it's not in their best interests to bring us back um, with a bit more haste. I know. And so how do you feel now? You know, we're unfortunately heading into a second peak and it feels a bit like the end is getting further and further out of reach. I mean, the uh, if if you'd have told me back in March, you've got six months until anything happens versus telling me now that we have another six months. I feel like I'm kind of over it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's... But I think that's me just in this moment because it's felt like the longest six months ever. I don't think I can really imagine the next six months being the same. Like a full year of this. I know, it, it does seem like it's sort of dragging on now and even still we don't really have any end in sight but on a more positive note, do you feel like this time has given you the opportunity to focus on other things, other projects, you know, things that maybe you wanted to throw yourself into previously but just not had the time to do so? So I guess that's the only, well, one of the few upsides of this is that so many people have been forced to kind of expand. And being an actor is very good to have a side business anyway because very rarely can you just support yourself um, or maybe yourself, but if but people who have families, they'll very often have um, have a side business that 
that helps them out. And I guess lockdowns helped me figure out mine. And I was kind of dabbling with the idea before and lockdown has just given me the space to actually kind of to do it. And even then I've come to it quite late. I hit the six month mark and I was like, probably think about doing something now. I don't know how I've managed to just sit still for six months. Well, my first love, my kind of like devotion before I found musical theatre when I was like 14 or something was martial arts and self-defense. This was, I was a black belt by the time I was 12 and I used to compete. That was kind of the thing I was going to go and do. And then one day I saw Les Mis and was, my dad was like, right, well, you keep winning competitions and you have a black belt. What's next? I was like, I'm going to do theatre. And he was like, okay. But, um, and I've realised that even now I always chase martial arts in the acting work I do. I'm the fight captain for Prince of Egypt, which means I maintain all the fight choreography. Um, I'm in with a almost like an extras agency, but it's for like specialised kind of martial artists. When, you know, like the film will call up and be like, we need Bruce, Bruce, not Bruce Lee, we need like, I don't know, Jackie Chan to beat up 20 faceless thugs. I'll be like, I'll do it. So I've always kind of chased these kind of jobs and I figured also living in an area which recently has not been fab on crime, I thought, why not let's, um, let's try and put that into motion. So I'm, I'm starting uh, like a self-defence company, I guess. Well, I think that is just amazing. You know, using these skills that you have to help other people is something very positive to come out of this time. And I think lots of other people likewise have found that there's causes that they're passionate about and they've put these sorts of plans into motion because that we've had the time to do it. Okay, so I'm, I'm quite keen to talk about mental health. You know, how have you found your mental health over this whole period? Do you think, you know, lockdown has taken its toll at all? Yeah, I mean, anyone that knows me knows I'm quite chipper. I'm quite look on the bright side um, a lot of the time. So a lot of this has me been, there's nothing I can do about this situation. And so I may as well just ride it out. Obviously, you have days where... Like, cut to a few months in, I'd wake up and just be like, right, today is a bad day and I'm in a bad mood and today's a bit of a write-off. But tomorrow will be exactly the same. Structurally, will be exactly the same. So we'll get them tomorrow kind of attitude. So sometimes I think it, I think a lot of stress comes from trying to make something what it's not. At the end of the day, this situation is terrible and... It would be wrong for me to constantly, I think, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, sometimes if you're feeling terrible because of the world around you, you've just got to accept that and be like, it's a sign that you're, it's a sign that you're human and functioning, you know? Like, I feel bad because the world seems to be on fire. So that's, and kind of, but just accepting that and being like, that's fine. And I'm not going to beat myself up for feeling crap in a, dire situation but then also not staying there for too long and also being like but I'm still alive I've still got stuff of worth in my life I've still got people who care about me and you know and my health which it didn't look like I had at one point so I'm somewhat grateful for that. I think that is so true it, you know it hasn't been easy for anyone and we are all allowed those down days so it's learning to find the peace with that, I think, because I think people do struggle to admit, you know, actually, I am having a bad day, but that's okay. Yeah, 
sometimes at the expense of our mental health, sometimes to do it somewhat subconsciously and be like, let's just push that down there and not think about that. But this is, like, you're right, in the four walls that you're kind of trapped in, um, I say trapped loosely because it was more... Remember that whole thing? And it was like, oh, we're trapped in our house. It's like, you're not, you're safe in your house. So I've definitely been for that. I was, at no point did I feel like the government was taking away my rights by keeping me in my house. But um, I feel like it does give you time to think and address demons and, you know, sometimes have difficult conversations with yourself. So I'm very grateful I, um, I've i had people to share this lockdown with. I really, my heart goes out to people that um, that haven't. So now the golden question. Do you think you've learnt anything from this process about yourself or about how you view life well you know i one good thing that i've learned about this whole thing is that you really don't need a lot of the materialistic things in your life and and if you have love and friends and family and your health you can't really ask for much more to be honest a job would be nice but like i'm yeah there's been a lot of real of actually connecting on a very human level because I feel like we we live in an age where if any of you've seen the social dilemma you'll know we live in an age where everything is kind of second guessed or filtered or pretended almost so I feel like in my life the last 6 months a lot of that's gone away and I've just kind of reconnected with people on a basic kind of human level I think that is so so important for people to take away from this and especially within our industry, happiness so often seems to stem from success or people deeming that they've been successful when actually happiness comes from those around us, you know? Oh, God, this is the only industry where when you meet someone and you go, how are you? People go, well, yeah, you know, I'm being seen for a few. And it 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 annoys me sometimes because I'm... I, a friend said recently when you introduce people you go oh this is you know this is my friend uh julia she's just done uh, mamma mia the party at the hotel it's like they don't care you don't if someone's a carpenter you don't go oh this is dave you know that like fence down the road at uh, 55 he did it's the only industry where we relate value and happiness to how many jobs someone has had it's it's mad and i feel like now no one has a job so everyone's kind of in the same boat exactly we're all in the same boat for once and i think that's strangely given us a lovely wholesome end to this lovely chat thank you so much adam it's been so lovely talking to you and you and i hope we've offered some sort of comfort to those listening in that as an industry we are all weathering this storm together and theater will come back and when it does it will be booming but we just have to keep our chins up in the meantime and like adam says to focus on the simple things which make you happy